This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I want you to do your own homework on something, and this is on your with your financial advisor. Your 401k or anything else, I want you to ask your financial uh, advisor this first question. Is my money being used in the last few years to vote for the kind of policies that I don't agree with? Most likely, they'll say, what? You say racial equity audits or carbon emissions caps or anything else. They will most likely also say, I I don't know. There are five questions that you need to ask them. Five. Strive.com has that list of five questions. You ask your financial advisor. It's Strive.com. This is uh, from my friend uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, who is just fantastic. He's trying to fix this, but we all have to do it together. Five questions. Ask your financial advisor and your retirement fund managers about it right now. Education and knowledge is power. Go to Strive.com. Strive.com. Dana Kennedy, she is a writer for the New York Post. She wrote this fantastic article a couple of days ago. It, I'm going to give you a little bit of it. Beth Pensky, a 54-year-old single mother from New Jersey, now lives in Florida, but she never tells anyone she's estranged from her only son and daughter. Pensky said, I lie all the time. Uh, she, the uh, Post said... Uh, her kids have rejected her because they're woke and she isn't. She said, I can't tell anyone I don't have a relationship with them. So much shame about it. It looks awful for me. It makes me feel terrible. So I just lie about it. But her attitude changed when she and a number of other mo- mothers read a post story in November about Annabella Rockwell, a graduate of Mount Holyoke College, who claimed she had been totally indoctrinated into hard left ideologies at the school and had to be deprogrammed. Mom said, I saw Annabelle's story in, and my life turned upside down. I realized I wasn't alone. I saw what happened to her was similar to what I think happened to my kids. I never considered trying to find a deprogrammer. I didn't know they existed. I think it might be too late for me and my kids. They won't even talk to me now. She said that the estrangement started when the kids really went to college. And she said, I'm a Democrat, I'm a liberal, but it doesn't matter to my kids anymore. 
I've had fight with fights with my girls just because I wouldn't get a Rainbow Pride Starbucks cup. The cup itself was the battle. Apparently, it matters now what cup you hold. This is dangerous ideology and indoctrination, and we are on the edge of losing our kids. So, today, for the next 90 minutes, I'm talking to one of the leading deep programmers who was kind of inside for a while. And she also uh, is from China. So she's kind of seen some of this stuff firsthand. How do we deprogram our kids? And you're not alone in 60 seconds. Gilda wrote in about her experience with Relief Factor. She says, I was in severe pain after my back surgery. It didn't help that I could barely walk. And then I heard about Relief Factor and decided I got to give it a shot. Within a day or two, I was able to take walks again. And since then, I've been able to do a lot of things I haven't been able to do in years. I'm so happy I found Relief Factor. It's a miracle. Thank you for writing in, Gilda. It Listen, Relief Factor is not a drug, so it's not going to whack you out. It is has four key all-natural ingredients that help fight inflammation which is our biggest source of problems in our body. Uh, the three-week quick start is only $19.95. It's a trial pack, and hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor, and 70% of them go on to order more. ReliefFactor.com. Call 800-4-RELIEF. 800-4-RELIEF. Or ReliefFactor.com. Feel the difference. I am thrilled to have Kay Yang on uh, with us. She is a deprogrammer, which I, too, did not know even exists. Um, she is the um, creator of StopFemaleErasure.com. She is truly amazing. Uh, she exposes the intersections of corporate government nonprofit collusion driving the transgender rights movement. She says a smokescreen for massive social engineering and propaganda war being used to facilitate female erasure in language, in law, and on a worldwide scale. Her work connects the dots between normalized practices of child sexualization and proliferation of biopharmaceutical transhumanist technologies. Man, I am going to love this woman. And frames these agendas as foundational to the colonization of the female body and the female um, reproductive control. Kay, welcome to the program. Wow, thank you so much, Glenn, for having me here and for this opportunity. Good morning. Good morning. I'm I'm so glad to have you on. Um, Let me make sure I have your... Uh, background right 10 years ago when no none of us were talking about this stuff you were working at an lgbt center that's right i was um in my early 20s is when i was working at an lgbt center it was a small local nonprofit, and um the funding was coming from the new york state department of health um, so that's a really important part of this as well, that the state was funding me to do the work that I was doing. Um, we were indoctrinating public school children with gender identity and transgender ideology. So we were actually being armed with rainbow colored propaganda that was sent to us from these large nonprofits like 
listen and glad. And then we'd go into the schools, um, disarm the teachers really with these themes around acceptance, anti-bullying, suicide prevention. And then we would introduce children to the concept of gender identity and transgender. And we would use um, propaganda tools like the genderbred person, which you may have seen before, but your audience might not all be familiar with. It's a cartoon cookie character, and it teaches children to measure themselves and others by so-called womanness or manness or femaleness or maleness. Um, <clears throat> so we would take tools like this into the schools with us. We would visit uh, local area high schools and set up LGBT clubs and gay straight alliances. And wait, and hang on just a second. Okay, hang on just a second. Sure. You got sure. into the schools and the teachers were disarmed, assuming they had a problem. Uh, they were disarmed because you were coming in under the umbrella of the New York State Division of Family and Children Counseling, right? So you were coming in with state approval. That's right. And we were in there kind of um, under the idea of sexual health and um, an education, even though we were not experts. I had never been trained in sexual health, um, but I was considered an expert the moment that I took the job. I was billed as an expert to the, to the teachers. Um, and, and we were talking to these uh, students without the knowledge, uh, like without their parents' consent. You know, parents didn't know that we were having these after-school clubs. They didn't know that we were talking about sex, talking about sexuality, trans identities, and gender identity with these students. There was no knowledge or consent from parents. And this okay. was all considered okay. Okay, all right. So <laughs> this, this, is, years ago. this is you 10 years ago. What brought you from that to somebody who is helping parents deprogram their children. What, what, what changed in you? What was the moment that you were like, oh, crap, I'm on the wrong side? Well, a lot of things. <laughs> a lot of things. Um, as soon as I saw this concept of a trans child, this was really concerning to me. Because at the time when I was working at the LGBT center, I had no idea that the work that we were doing was really paving the way for the manufacturing of the so-called trans child, and also for people to accept this idea, right? Um, or that w there would be medicalization or sterilization of healthy children in their bodies. Right. None of this was ever part of the work that we were doing. It never crossed my mind that this would be a thing. So yeah, 10 years ago, no one had ever heard of a trans child. But in 2019, the CDC did a survey, and it was claimed that one out of every 50 high school students in America was identifying as trans. So that's a huge increase. Yes. And all, yeah, and a lot of the reporting news media has attributed that uh, the increase to children feeling safe to come out and to them having like better data collection, but it's never attributed to this widespread social engineering that was going on. Um, <clears throat> and as soon as I heard this concept of a trans child, this was extremely alarming to me because if you went back in time <clears throat> and told me that what we were doing at the LGBT center would result in like this near future where three, four, five, six year old children are being paraded in front of international media, openly sexualized and groomed, you know, these drag kids, drag queen story time. I never would have believed this. 
Um, and really, there's no such thing as a trans child. And this becomes really obvious when you look back only one decade to a time when no one had heard of a trans child. It's corporate fiction. It's propaganda. No child is born in the wrong body. No person, whether an adult or a child, can change their sex. It doesn't really matter. You know, anything you do, you can put on makeup. You can change your clothes. You can, you know, drug yourself up with chemicals and wrong sex hormones or have these, you know, really invasive, medically unnecessary procedures. But it's never going to change the fact that a boy is a boy and a girl is a girl. So we have to stop lying to children. And when I saw that this um, this move, this so-called movement, it's not a real movement, but when I saw this turn towards the focus on children and telling children that they could be born in the wrong body and moving them on a path towards, um, you know, medicalization, this really shocked me and scared me. So... Um... Because you're into the transhumanist movement and everything we'll, we'll talk about a little bit later, I just want to make sure we're on the same page. I, I, I believe that we are living in a time where um, a lot of people are useful idiots and a lot of, a lot yeah. of the people that, that believe you know, in um, you know, the stuff that you were teaching – a lot of them might be really well-intentioned and uh, believe that, you know, this is really something, you know, whatever. But there is, um, you know, I said last hour, I don't know why liberals won't wake up because liberals were right. Conservatives were wrong. The liberals were the ones saying the United States government is just colluding with corporations. And eventually they're just it's going to be one giant corporation. I think the collusion between the government uh, and, you know, in this case, pharmaceutical companies or whatever, uh, that collusion is what's really, truly driving all of this stuff. And they are using these organizations um, and these organizations are going to be chewed up in the end is the minute they stop becoming a shill for uh, the the system, government and business. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, in terms of people uh, there being like a lot of useful idiots, I agree because I was one of those useful idiots, you know. Um, I was thinking that what I was doing was a good thing. It was the right thing. I thought my beliefs were correct and they were morally superior. Mm. I, you know, and now I know that I was wrong. And part of how I know that I was wrong is because I really started investigating the money behind um, what was mm. pushing this movement. And where, and, you know, and I have to, where does that lead? On. Well, you know, there's a lot of collusion going on because when I worked at the LGBT nonprofit, I didn't really think of it at the time. It was later in my life when I started investigating money behind other um, social movements right. that I realized that I could like take this analysis and apply it to the work I was doing at the LGBT nonprofit. So then I started to realize, like, wait a second, I was being paid by New York State to go into public schools to indoctrinate them with materials that were coming from large nonprofit organizations like Glisten and GLAD. And those organizations are partnering with, um, with the government and with foundations and the private sector. And all of this is being done to push this propaganda and target our children in the public school system. And you say this is to erase the female. 
Well, yes, that is really um, foundational to this entire thing. Um, first and foremost, they want to disrupt our sense of self and erase the division between the sexes because human beings are a sexually dimorphic species. There's males and there's females, and everybody um, who does not fall into male or female, well, they actually still do. They have um, hormonal differences or chromosomal differences, mm-hmm. but they still fall into one of the two. We're dimorphic, but this is being erased um, in our reality right now. And children are being taught that sex is a spectrum. Even the World Health Organization has recently, and you know, they're part of the United Nations. Yeah, the World Health Organization recently said um, that they're going to be expanding their definition of sex and that um, they want to extend it to include people with trans and gender diverse identities. <laughs> so, okay, you so, know, so even, I want to yeah. ask you, uh, I'm going to take a one yeah. minute break. Then I'm going to come back and I want to ask you what their motivation is for this. And then I want to yeah. get into your background of uh, China and, you know, the Red Guard and the and the uh, the revolution that happened there um, is a lot like it is here. And then we'll talk about deprogramming our kids. Coming up in just a second, whether your dog is some giant beast who could easily be mistaken for a wolf or uh, one of those little puff balls that you carry around in a purse, you want him to be happy. You want him to be healthy. Uno is healthy and happy. That is my 13-year-old or almost 13-year-old German Shepherd. That is wicked old. And he does not... Well, except for all the white on his face, he does not seem like an old dog. The vet just gave him a clean bill of health, said his blood work and everything. They ran up everything and said he's like a puppy. And he is. And I think that's because of rough greens, because I saw when I started putting rough greens on his food, Tanya and the family and I, we saw a dramatic difference in his activity level, in his health, in his eyes. The way he would go run, uh, you know, the fence line, he w- hadn't done that for years. Rough Greens gave him all of that back. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. They'll give you a first bag free just to make sure your dog will eat it and likes it as much as Uno does. All you pay for is shipping. Go to roughgreens.com slash Beck. Roughgreens.com slash Beck or call 833-G-L-E-N-N-33. 10 seconds, station ID. Okay, so we're talking to uh, Kay Yang. She is a deprogrammer, uh, and you can find her website, stopfemaleeraser.com. So, Kay, um, the only thing that really makes sense to me is that this is a Malthusian slash Marxist kind of um, uh, movement that is really anti-human at its core. Mm-hmm. It's evil. They're breaking up the family and everything else. Um, why do you think, What what is the motivation for these people to do this to our children? Yeah, thank you. So right before the break, I was just talking about um, how there's this de-sexing of our bodies that's going on. They're breaking down the boundaries between the two sexes. And, you know, when you're, when there is a quote unquote movement that is sterilizing children and desexing our reality and the name of, you know, gender identity, this is genocide. This is a usurping mm. of, you know, what they're really trying to do is usurp female reproductive control. 
And we're facing this attempted takeover of the ownership of the human body, of human biology, but really the focus is on the woman's body and the woman's womb and all of these, you know, miraculous, unique bits and moving uh, pieces and parts of the female body that make pregnancy and birth possible. So this is really about controlling reproduction and birth on on this planet. And we're we're moving into... Uh, or we're already in the fourth industrial revolution. You know, Klaus Schwab has his whole book about it. And the fourth industrial revolution really demands the erasure of the sex-based rights and realities of females. And this is under the guise of LGBT inclusion. Now, at the same time, they are erasing us in language and in law. They're simultaneously exploiting the very nature of female reproductive biology. And this is happening through um, the implementation of new technologies like uh, external wombs. You know, for example, they already have um, in Philadelphia at the Children's Hospital Mm -hmm. of Philadelphia, they already were growing lamb fetuses and plastic bags. bags. I know. (laughs) Right. And. Now they're in the process of getting FDA approval for a biobag device to grow human babies in. I, I, so, I, I, you know, I, I, mean, I don't know how we how I didn't know about UK in advance. You are so spot on. And the fact that you have 10 years ago were on the opposite side. What Klaus Schwab and the WEF are doing, uh, the World Economic Forum with a great reset is so anti-human and it is about population control. Almost everything they're doing is about population control. Um, so, uh, so you are now in a place where, tell me your experience with China and what you're seeing the parallels from China. Yes. So, well, I just want to be clear because I think there was a little bit of miscommunication. I'm not actually from China. I was born in New York City. Okay. It's my mother's. It's my mother's family that's from China, and okay. they were forced to flee China during the Cultural Revolution. Okay. Good. Well, they um, they saw it and left. Yes, and you know, I actually I want to talk about that a little bit in terms of the intergenerational communication. There's this whole culture of shame and silence for survivors, and it's really led to a complete loss of communication between the generations. Like the narrative is just not there, and this is a really well known and documented cultural stigma, where like people who have lived through it, the older generations who are really dying out right now, they don't talk about it, and it's customary that you're not supposed to ask any questions. I remember when I was a child and I wanted to know more about my family's history and I would like innocently ask questions or just out of curiosity and I was told not to ask or say anything because well, it's bringing up something painful so, and it created a blanket of silence and shame and really confusion over the whole thing. Kay, we are going to ask those questions and have you answer them. Um, what the parallels are and what happened And then how do we deprogram our children? Next. The Glenn Beck Program. Whoever your cell phone carrier is, if they're one of the big guys, I can I can guarantee you two things. They are um, they're not saving you money and they're not donating to causes like we're talking about now. They are they are contributing to causes on the other side, the dark side, if you will. 
you've got to ditch the big boys. If you're if you want to save money and you want to do right by your country and your values, the good news is you can do it easily with Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile is offering service with all three major networks, which means that if you're with the big three and you like their service, but you hate their values, you can access their service with Patriot Mobile. It gives them less money. Uh, it'll save you money. It comes with a performance guarantee. If you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch among the three major carriers for free. It's Patriot Mobile. They share your values. They're not going to share hard-earned money to aid in the destruction of America. We've got to squeeze these people uh, until they stop. 100% U.S.-based customer service teams. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Go there now. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. And you can subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Just use the promo code Glenn. I want to thank you so much for listening to the radio podcast. Uh, I, I always urge you to recognize how one person can make a difference. This uh, was brought up to me. I'd never heard of deprogramming children before. I didn't know deprogrammers even existed. And there was a story in the New York Post by a writer, Dana Kennedy. And I mean, she this is such a great article on how people are pushing back and trying to find help for their kids. Um, and she wrote that affected. I don't know how many millions uh, with the uh, paper. And now this program will touch 10 million people um, and I, one person just stating something makes all the difference in the world. We don't feel so alone and we learn from each other. Kay Yang, um, I've asked her to, uh, to stay on a little bit, little bit longer. She is the creator of StopFemaleErasure.com, researcher, filmmaker, artist, activist known now as the deprogrammer. Uh, she is uh, she is. She is spot on so far on what she's talking about and what the problems are. Um, I want to touch real quick with Kay. Um, the lessons we should learn from the Chinese Cultural Revolution and what's being used here that runs the same. Kay. Yeah, thank you so much, Glenn. So right before the break, I was talking about the cultural stigma and shame that exists in Chinese culture around talking about the Cultural Revolution and other things from the past. But I think it's really important that we disclose the truth of the past, because if we don't do that, then we become incapable of learning. Correct. Correct. Um, and we have to learn from that. If we don't learn from it, then we don't, um, we're not capable of having a clear trajectory of how we're going to move forward into the future. You know, and I can see that um, mistakes of the past are being repeated and we can do something about that. But we have to be willing to do the hard work and make the effort really to take the risk and tell the truth. And that's why I appreciate you having me on the show today to talk about this, because there are so many um, there are there are so many comparisons to be made. Um, and, and one thing I want to start by saying is that I don't know if you've ever heard of this term, um, Glenn, it's transgenocide. Have you ever heard of this? No, I have not. So it's it's a really ridiculous claim that I've heard at this point hundreds, if not thousands of times. And it's usually made by these, you know, whiny, greasy men who are angry that they can't have total access to female spaces and to groom children. Um, 
you know, and they are saying that when we tell them that they can't do these things, it's akin to genocide and we want to kill them and we want to erase them. Um, But I want to say, you know, during Mao's Cultural Revolution, this was widely cited as the largest mass murder in history. Uh, There's at least 45 million people were worked, starved, beaten and tortured to death. And that's a real genocide. And we need to have um, cogent meanings for words. Yeah. You know, these are the same people that don't know what a woman is. And now they're going to say that men not being able to perv on kids in the bathroom is genocide. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I, so I, 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 I have to tell you, I, uh, I had heard that term. I just didn't take it seriously. And I thought it was, I thought uh-huh. there was some other term uh, that uh, <laughs> some other definition of that term. Um When you look at what happened with the Cultural Revolution in China, it was a genocide. And you get to a place, and I don't know how to get people to understand, when you have taken a big section of the public and you've said, these are terrorists, these are genocidal maniacs, these are whatever they are, you can no longer live with them. And I've been warning that this is the way genocide does happen. You you are led to it slowly, um, and then you just separate yourself, and then it's over. I I have a very good friend who told me that their daughter actually said to them, very very uh, very very progressive and indoctrinated, and said um, they were talking about some stupid problem in the world, and she just snapped and said, you know. It won't be solved until people your age and and people like you just die. And she was serious. And that's that should be a first sign of, hey, 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 wait a minute. We are dehumanizing people and indoctrinating them with these lies that lead to death. Am I wrong? No, the, this is very dangerous what's happening. Um, and, you know, when, when Mao instructed the Red Guards to go out and destroy the four olds, I don't know if you know about this or if the audience, I do. but the four olds um, for the audience are old thinking, old customs, old culture and old habits. Now, you can see a parallel to what's happening in our society where the old way of thinking, the normal way of thinking, um, assessing the reality, the material reality that's right in front of our eyes, this is being rejected for this belief system in which we're expected to believe a complete inversion of reality. Um, All of our old cultural institutions are being attacked. Old customs are being attacked. You're not even allowed to enter a classroom and refer to the students as boys and girls anymore. You can't um, go to the grocery store and call the cashier um, ma'am or sir, because this might be offensive if they don't identify like that. Right. So you, you can see um, the, the crossover here, right? Thinking, culture, customs, habits are all on the chopping block. And then what Mao did was that he gave the Red Guards basically a free pass right. to um, destroy these old ways of thinking. And, and when he said destroy them, he meant literally right. to physically destroy to go out and to violently attack and target and tear down people who were still participating in the old ways and who were adherents to them. 
So I see this, what's happening right now, you have at the macro level, you have like the United Nations, the World Economic Forum colluding with federal and state governing bodies, and they're all facilitating the branding of any opposition to trans as hate. And they're saying any any resistance to this is hatred, and it must be stopped at all costs for the sake of humanity. So that's happening at the macro level. Now, the message that sends at the micro level to these people who call themselves trans rights activists or so-called Antifa Mm -hmm. is that they are empowered to um, physically target and harass parents, mothers, fathers, and especially women in general who speak out against this ideology. Well, I know know that you have been targeted and I uh, we're going to have to have you back. Um, because there's so much to this, um, and you're such a good spokesperson on it. Um, but can we spend just a couple of minutes on how do we begin to find a deprogrammer? How do we know our children need to be deprogrammed? How, what do you do in deprogramming? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Glenn. And I would love to come back to talk more about any of this. Um, The truth is, you know, we're really all under influence, right? We can't say that we're not being influenced by propaganda and media that's inundating us 24-7. It's really just about how, what degree we're under the influence and how much we're aware of it. And parents really need to be aware of what's going on with their children because there's this old school understanding of cults and brainwashing that we get from pop culture. And it usually invokes this, like, you know, the image of people being dragged out of their home, brought right. to some place that's far away from their families and society. And they're like locked up on a remote farm somewhere or whatever. But today, the Internet really has so many different social media apps and messaging forums. It's basically like the Internet is full of these virtual communes. And it's likely that your child is already being siloed into a funnel of information. And it's fundamentally altering their belief system and their behaviors. Um, And if you don't notice it now, you will soon. Uh, And children are being lured into these virtual communes and their parents are often sitting in the same room as them. And now what do you mean they're being siloed into these virtual communes? What is that? What does that mean? Well, basically what I mean is they're being sucked into these little um, niche communities online. yeah. Yeah. And the the community really starts to supersede um, external influence from the family right. and society. And the more and more that these children identify their lives with what's happening on the other side of the screen in these virtual communities, the more at risk they become because these devices and apps, they're very dissociative. You know, it can be really easy to lose touch with your immediate reality. Mm -hmm. I know that I know, and I think everyone listening um, knows what it feels like to lose track of time when you're scrolling on an app or something. (laughs) Yeah. And it's designed that way. So are you saying that that is far more dangerous than what's being taught in school, not to diminish, but that that is the biggest threat is social media. I think it is a little bit more of a threat than what's being taught at school because, you know, Glenn, you and I know that the public school system has been used for indoctrination um, outside of this issue, right? Right, Of course. Right. 
Uh, of course it has. Um, so we know that children are already being indoctrinated to all types of beliefs and ideologies and given misinformations and half-truths about history. That's a norm. That's like almost normal in our society. What's not normal is this new relationship that children have with their phones. You know, and mm-hmm. I remember, I'm, I'm fortunate that I remember a time and the world, you know, before the internet, mm-hmm. when I was in like third or fourth grade, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember much of it, but right. I do remember, yeah. I do remember a reality that wasn't totally inundated by it. And, to, you know, kids today, like they don't really have the same type of lives that myself and my friends had when we were no. growing up. Their, their lives and their friendships today are mostly playing out in these virtual spaces. So, okay. Um, so, uh, so I, uh, boy, I, I want to come back and talk to you because the, just the experience that you had growing up is tremendously different than the experience I did. I remember when there were only three right. channels on television and our life was different. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's, it's better than, or, you know, worse now or better now. Um, however, this, we are doing experiments on our kids with, uh, with social media and technology that I think we will really uh, quickly learn to regret. And, uh, you know, there's something to everybody in Silicon Valley, you know, not letting their kids online, Yeah, not using a device. Wow. What do you know that we don't know? Um, and unfortunately, too many of us uh, are sucked into it ourselves. So, Kay, I- I've. I've got to take a quick break. And uh, when I come back, we'll only have a couple of minutes, but I, I want to talk to you about just this time how do we find somebody like you to deprogram and how do we know if there are any good or not we'll do that coming up in just a second imagine getting the best set of sheets you've ever slept on without paying so much you know uh that uh you know the first time that you're using your sheets or you have them you're just drying tears because of the price tag my pillow is the company uh that today is making i think the well i know they're the most the softest sheets i've ever slept on uh and i'm a sheet snob and uh, you know until you go and actually buy them and then you're like what well it's got a million thread count i don't know what the thread count is for these sheets but they're unbelievable they're giza dream sheets softest cotton made um in giza and uh, Mike Lindell has them now at MyPillow. So go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, check out the sale on the Giza Dream Sheets right now. Uh, you can get them at twenty nine ninety eight. It's fantastic. Um, enter the promo code BECK, get that deal, and you'll find other deals as well. Just call 800-966-3117 and use the promo code BECK or go to MyPillow.com, promo code BECK. The Glenn Beck Program. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glennbeck.com. Yeah, welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck Program. Uh, we are going to have to have this guest back. Uh, maybe we'll do a uh, podcast with her. Kay Young, she is a deprogrammer to help people. Uh, what did I say? Young? Yang. Uh, Kay Yang. Um, she's a deprogrammer. She helps, she helps parents 
you know, uh, get their thinking kids back. I don't want my kids to be conservative or liberal. I want them to think for themselves. Uh, and how do you do that, uh, Kay? I'm so glad you opened that way, Glenn, because I really want to advise parents to be careful and really just advise caution because there could be people out there who are trying to scam you or looking to expose, um, expose you, your family's personal information, exploit your personal information. And also some of uh, what might be going on under the name of deprogramming might be actually polarizing your child back to the other side. And what you don't want is for your child to leave one polar extreme for the other. You want them to do just as you said, to be able to think for themselves. Right. So, you know, um, I have to be clear. I'm not just a deep programmer. I'm actually, quote, the deep programmer. (laughs) I say that for a couple of different reasons. One is that it's my handle that I've been using online for over five years now. Um, Before I started speaking publicly, I was doing anonymous work. And you can go to thedeprogrammer.com to see videos that were banned by YouTube. Um, And I also consider myself the deprogrammer because I actually was a programmer myself. I was going into schools, programming, indoctrinating youth, and I was also doing it, we'll have to talk about this maybe on another episode, but I was also doing this outside of my role at the LGBT Center later in life in colleges and universities. So Hmm. I was a programmer, and now that I've deprogrammed myself, I feel like I can call myself the deprogrammer. I want to help other people. And, you know, it's really common for um, people who exit cults to seek these, like, exit sure. counselors, and usually those people are former cult members themselves. Right. And that's what it's like for me, and that's why I'm able to understand so intimately um, the machinations of how all of this works and how your children are being reached and programmed. And you know, if e- you just go out there searching for a random person, I cannot guarantee that they're going to know right. any of this. Most likely, they won't. Right. I think this is pretty exclusive that is you know it is really uh a little frightening i'm glad you ended it with that because uh that was my fear how do we know who we're getting we're gonna have you back on maybe we'll just do a a whole podcast with you i i think this is extraordinarily important but parents be very careful teach your kids to critically think